You're about to listen to Spouse Hunting, the podcast that dares to ask the question, can I use the rules of real estate to find the love of my life? And then has the audacity to answer, yes, yes you can. I'm your host, Brian Belafonte, licensed Oregon real estate broker. This is episode one. You know that saying, you never get a second chance to make a first impression? It's true. So how do you make a good first impression? I don't know, but I know somebody who does. Her name is Sam Lashes, and she's been working in fashion for years. Not fashion like that stupid shit they show people wearing on the catwalks in Milan. Fashion like the stuff that helps you look your best. I invited Sam to come talk a little bit about how you can make your best first impression. So Sam, where are we finding you today? Oh, Pasadena, California. Do you own a home? Yes. I have a lovely little home in Pasadena, which is Pasadena after all. And um, everybody knows Pasadena. I'm about a mile from the Rose Bowl. Um, it's a, I love, uh, I love old houses. This house was built in 1911 as a, um, it was built as the workers' shack for the uh, Orange Grove owner that used to own this tract. And uh, so there was a Villa Park was a big Orange Grove, and he built these workers' shacks, and that's what my house was. So it's a small house; it's only a thousand square feet. And I think when the when the worker had it, um, it was five hundred square feet. The second story was put on. It was actually the attic of the main house was turned into bedrooms. So I walked in. I was like, oh, my God, this place, you could feel the history just pouring off of it. It was wonderful. It was Southern California history. I could feel it, you know. Um, so it's kind of a cross between it's a, a cross between a lot of styles. It's like craftsmen and it has a little bit of a New Orleans look to the front porch. I don't know what they were thinking when they bought it, but it charmed me. So little two bedroom, one bath house, just big enough for me and Elvis. Anything bigger than that, I just have to clean it. So. Um, I like small houses. They're cozy. And uh, yeah, I love it here. I've had it for about two years. Fantastic. Okay, so I'm going to pick up on something you said just big enough for you and Elvis. Do you have a partner? No, I do not. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on that or not? <laughs> well, it's not. It's, it's uh, not. Well, okay. So for a few years after my most recent, uh, uh, I I hate to call it a relationship, but relationship. Um, I did have to take two or three years off to kind of get my head back together to figure out who I am, what I was looking for, um, without the noise of his voice in my head. Um, and that took, you know, with the help of a therapist and a whole lot of reading, that took, that can take a while. And I was a little impatient with myself at first. It's like, why aren't I ready to just go into a relationship? And then I was like, what? I, I'm, I don't want to, you know, those who don't learn from the past are destined to repeat it. I'm bastardizing that. But um, I, did, I didn't want to be that. So I had to figure out what the heck am I doing wrong? Why do I, why did I spend 10 years for, with someone who was so blatantly wrong for me. So it's been a little while, but I went through that therapy, read all those books, kept working on myself. I did the 
work, as they say, which I also figured out is never done. It's an ongoing process. The work is never finished until you're dead. Um, so now I'm kind of at the point where, you know, I'm dating, um, but I have my, it's kind of like your book, Brian. It's kind of like I have, I, I, I haven't done it in a, in a spreadsheet or written out format, but I have in my head what my deal breakers are just like with buying a house. You know, I always know I love an old house. So why bother going and looking at, um, brand new construction because I'm going to walk in and go, this is brand new construction and I hate it. And that would be, you know, a waste of two hours of my Saturdays. So they, I guess, you know, like, as your book says, dating's kind of like that. You got to know what your deal breakers are. And it took me a while to figure out what my deal breakers were. I don't think it's unusual. I think most people, it takes a while. Yeah. Explaining why there's so many divorces in this country. Yeah. My, my own perception is that so many people, they go into partnerships with people just because the other person wants to be in a partnership with them without oh. really <clears> taking <throat> into consideration if it's the right thing for them or if it's right. the best thing for them. Right. It's very true. I did that many times. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I've learned not to do that in my new, in my new world of dating, you know, uh, and we're talking on, uh, you know, on the dating apps with, or on the phone with five or six different men, uh, you know, within one week. And I'm just like, you know, I don't want to be in a relationship with this person, even if they are pursuing me, um, because my head is no longer turned by someone pursuing me. Good for you. Now, so tell me how you got started. Okay. My love, probably from the youngest age that I can remember, was fashion. Uh, my mom tells this story about how she had purchased me this pink dress with cabbage roses on it. Um, when I was five, I wore that dress for three months. She couldn't, she could not get me to wear anything else. So she had to wash it at night and I would put it back on the next day. I was so enamored by this cabbage rose dress. I thought it was the most beautiful thing in the world. And to, you know, to this day, I can remember what it looks like even without photographs. So I can see it in my head. Um, I have loved clothing. I had the best dress Barbie dolls that anyone had ever seen. There's something about clothing that has always appealed to me. So anyway, I started off in advertising. I, I worked pretty successfully in advertising for about 14 years, but I always had in my head, by the time I hit 40, I wanted to either have my own fashion line or have my own store. And so there I was 38 and a half years old and still in advertising. And I was like, my goal, you know, time goes by and my goal year was coming up. And it was like, when I made that goal, it was very far off. So I didn't really need to do anything about it. But then here I am 38 and a half years old. And I was like, I can't stay in this business anymore. It's not fulfilling to me creatively. Um, it's an industry that is not kind to people as they get older. Um, and I thought I'm going to, you know, leave the industry and start a clothing store. And I learned and my store was successful. And um, it did focus on women's clothing. My store was successful. In the meantime, I was making um, clothes in my dining room. It was my own sewing machine. So I was making one-of-a-kind garments that I kind of would just 
slide into my store to see if anybody had any interest in them. So, because I had all these other designers in there and I would just slide my own stuff in there and say, does anybody really want to buy my stuff? Anyway, my stuff sold really well in the store and the head of anthropology came into my store one day, found one of my garments and offered me the incredible opportunity to design private label for them. Um, so that's, I said, yes, how hard can that be? Famous <laughs> <laughs> last words. I'd like that on my headstone too, by the way. How hard can that be? Um, so, I, you know, in just, in just naivete, I said, sure, I can do that. I had no idea what I was doing, none. But I was lucky. They were generous with their time and their money and their expertise. And they took me under their wing and they turned me into a designer. And I will bless them forever for that because that gave me a brand new career. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's yes. how that's how I got into it. And it was really, Brian, it was just based on love. It was it was totally what my heart and soul had told me to do from the day my mother bought that cabbage rose dress. You know, it was it there was there is nothing else for me but that. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but when I first met you several thousand years ago. You were a total outlier because the rest of us were dressed in jeans and t-shirts and you actually came in and like looked put together. It was a little intimidating. It was startling for advertising people. <laughs> totally. But if you remember correctly, I was making absolutely no money at the time. I got my clothing. You're going to laugh. It all came from the Salvation Army and Goodwill. Fantastic. So it's all about how you put it together. It's not about how much money you have. Style can't be bought. Only clothing can be bought. Style is, is deeper than that. That is beautiful. And it kind of, going back to what you said about your house, I mean, it's, it's not any one particular thing. It's not New Orleans. It's not, you know, but it's a combination of these things, and it is its own style. Right, right. And I think that's so important to find. When I go into people's homes, Homes are, are so much like this, and you probably encountered this as well. You walk into someone's house, especially if they have money. So you walk into someone's house, and you look around, and you kind of go, oh, wow, you really like postmodern, don't you? And the entire house is from their cups to their whatever. Everything is this postmodern thing. And I, I, uh -huh. I'm like, what? who are you? I mean, I can see that you really like Haywood Wakefield, but I also know by looking at your driver's license that you're neither Haywood or Wakefield. So what do you like? You know, what, you know, and that's a skill set that I have. I, when I dress my clients, I don't dress them like me. I find out who they are and I dress them like them. That's what my clients loved about me when I had my store. None of them walked out of there looking like me. They all looked. They all walked out looking like a really hot version of themselves. That's nice. Um, a lot of times, people will walk into a store and they'll pull something off the rack and they'll put it on and they're like, "Oh, this is cute or it looks good on the mannequin." Okay, I'll buy it. And then they get home and they put it on and they're doing like this and oh, they're yeah. doing like that and they're. You can't go out on a date if you're going like that all the time. It's like it, you look. You look awkward. You feel awkward. Once you're dressed, like for a date or for an interview or for anything, you should never think about your clothes after you take that last look in the full-length mirror and walk out the door. And you should never think about them again. 
So your clothes have to fit right, they have to feel right. Something can be the most beautiful garment in the world, and if for some reason you find it itchy, <laughs> you're gonna be like that, that five-year-old kid who keeps pulling their sweater off when they really need it because it's cold, but they don't wanna wear it. Um, and you won't be the best version of yourself if in the back of your mind you're thinking, God, this sweater itches. You know, so there's a lot that goes, there's a lot that goes into it for men and women. And one thing I would always tell people is please buy yourself a full length mirror. Even if you have to put it on the back of your door, even if you have to hide it in your basement, buy yourself a full length mirror. It's the best investment you can make in yourself is a full length mirror. I will take that <laughs> under consideration. <laughs> back to you. <laughs> okay, back to me. No, you so, say you are, Brian. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So you started down this direction too, but let me sort of like poke at the question. Is there one thing that most people get wrong? Uh, yes, there is one thing that most people don't understand what colors they look best in unless they've invested some time to figure that out and it can make a huge difference. The other thing that is um, most people don't know what shapes flatter them the most, men and women. Um, there are a lot of tricks that I've learned along the way um, about whether if you're if you're small breasted, where should your shirt sit on your shoulder? It matters. If you're large breasted, should they they should sit in a different place on your shoulder than if you're small breasted? There's there's a lot of tricks. That's why I say invest in a full length mirror. As you do, as if you experiment with your clothing, you will see some of these tricks for yourself. I'm not a magician and I'm not a genius. It's there. They are obvious once you know them and so this th those are the two things that i see people do wrong in defense of people like that can i just say that sometimes we just don't even know and Absolutely. i guess that's why we need somebody like you that's why i have a job <laughs> <laughs> exactly so is there one simple thing that almost anybody can do that will very easily improve their chances of success and maybe you answered this with the full length mirror oh, full length mirror Okay. And for women, if you're going out on a date and you're getting ready for a date, lighten up on the perfume, girls. Lighten up. You're, if you, especially if you're getting into his car, you don't want to kill him. When, so light it. In fact, unless you know that someone likes scent, just go with like a very soft essential oil. You can still have a nice, fresh scent by going with a light, um, essential oil that somebody can only smell if they're within like five inches of you. And if he is, he better have bought you dinner first. Um, and <laughs> okay, changing course a little bit. Okay. What is your definition of love? Wow. I know. I've grappled with this myself for years, so that's why I like to ask. Ah. <laughs> You can learn a lot from them. From those who um, can't see, she's holding up Elvis, the puppy. <laughs> um, my definition of love. Oh, wow, Brian. It's a tough one, isn't it? Oh, my God, I'm getting a headache. It's, uh, it's, I don't believe that love is unconditional. That much I now realize. I kind of liked to think that when I was in my 20s, but it's not. Um, but um, 
I think what makes me fall in love? Is that it? Can I answer that instead of what? Absolutely. Because I can't, I don't know if I can answer your question. There's too many answers to that. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's dogs. Maybe it's God. It's, it, there's too many answers to that, but maybe what has me fall in love. Okay. That I can, that I can kind of answer. So what um, makes you fall in love? A man who is, a man, a man that is um, confident, funny, and it has it it has less to do with you know um being handsome or any of those kind of things i mean it certainly doesn't hurt but you know a man who a man who is confident who is funny and gives me room to be myself without judgment beautiful you can feel i think all human beings can feel even if they don't know it um consciously they subconsciously know when they're being judged and it makes them squidgy on the inside. Wow. Even if they don't know it consciously. Like, you know, some people you just feel good with and you feel safe with and you feel relaxed with. Yeah. It's because they're not judging you and you know it. Sam, this is so fantastic talking to you. I really uh -huh. do appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Sam Lossus is a fashion consultant and stylist. If you'd like to connect with her, Go to spousehunting.net, where you'll find her in the dating resources section, along with a bunch of other people who can help you be the best person you can be, so you can meet the best person for you. That's spousehunting.net. Why net? Because finding a partner is way too important to do without a net. Also, .com was taken. I'm Brian Belafont. Thank you for listening. <laughs>